1: Welcome to another episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I am the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Amin. That over there is my apprentice, Darth Korn Puzzle, aka Anthony Maze. Yo, yo. We are reviewing The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. Maze, this is a little bit of a curveball episode. Oh, yeah? Because we don't see any members of The Bad Batch other than Crosshair. This is a Crosshair centered episode. And it really shows something that we don't get to see a lot in Star Wars, I think, which is a day in the life of the Empire. Soldiers carrying out the Empire's wishes without the context of a rebel or someone that we're rooting for. In other words, it's sort of like the Bechtel test, (laughs) but for imps, you know?
2: Yeah, are we supposed to be rooting for this governor, Ames?
1: Well, no, I think we're we're supposed to be rooting for Cody. Mm. Commander Cody, who makes an appearance in Crosshair to some extent, because Crosshair is depicted very sympathetically throughout this entire episode. And indeed, they title the episode, The Solitary Clone, is referring to him. Let's get right into it. So we open up on Desix. This is a holdout system. They still believe in the separatist cause. They do not want to join the Galactic Empire. And their governor, whose name is Tawny? Tawny Kitayan? No, it's Tawny Ames. When we first meet her, she's wearing a mask that alters her voice. Reminded me, Maze, of the bounty hunter costume that Leia wore in Return of the Jedi.
2: Yeah, good call.
1: An envoy from the Empire shows up. It's... Someone named Governor Groton is coming to lay down the law that he's the new governor of this here system. And she needs to go ahead and step aside, little lady. He's accompanied by a battalion of stormtroopers, Mays. But if you notice, their helmet designs are all weird and messed up.
2: Yeah, is this the beta test of the stormtrooper helmets?
1: Yes, indeed. These are the prototypes. But to go behind the curtain for a second, these were also the original Ralph McQuarrie design for stormtroopers. Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels, and now Bad Batch, do a great job of often borrowing from those concept art pieces Ralph McQuarrie designed in the 70s for use throughout the shows, depicting things that are early Empire or whatever. Sometimes it's just off to the fringes. Ames says, "The hell with your Empire. says, I have a message for your Empire. Pulls out the gun and battle droids, Roger, Roger, they're everywhere and they're back. They went away, but they're officially back. The battle droids come out, and the governor Groton is taken hostage. Cut two, we're in Coruscant. Crosshairs is in the barracks. An alarm goes off. He gets up. He sleeps alone in an empty cell of a room. He's definitely depressed. He goes to the mess hall. In the mess hall, we get some exposition, Maze. I'm oh. a couple of regs. Yeah. I love some mess hall exposition. And in it, they're talking about the defense recruitment bill. You know what that is, Maze? I do not. Please enlighten me. The defense recruitment bill is basically the executive order that brings about a draft of normal citizens to join the Galactic Empire Armed forces, namely, of course, stormtrooper program and fighter pilot academies and all that stuff. This is what a young Luke Skywalker once hoped to join.
2: And in context of the clones, it's essentially their expiration date.
1: Exactly. That's why the one clone says to the other clone, "No, hopefully it doesn't pass because they know that passes. That's one step closer to the elimination of a clone army. And unlike regular people who might join a armed service and serve and then come out and have a regular life. Clones really don't have a regular life, man. These people were bred to be soldiers. And if they're not needed, then they become like the clone that we saw in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Homeless and kind of on the street and uncared for. So this bit of politics is of great intrigue to the clones. Spoiler alert, the bill passes because every bill in the Senate that Palpatine wants passes. These poor clones think the democracy is still at work. No, that shit ended. You're welcome. Crosshair sits down and the clones get up.
2: The two clones leave him to eat alone like Steven Glansberg and Superbad. Crosshair's now the outcast.
1: Nobody wants to hang out with him. So we're hammered home this concept of the solitude that Crosshair now exists in. You got to think about it. Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch, we're already the weirdos, the goths of the high school cafeteria, right? But now he's estranged from them. So now he's literally the one single goth. While he's eating, he gears over the PA to come to the principal's office. Vice Admiral Rampart, who we know from last season and from the first couple episodes of this season, he's the asshole who killed Wilco, and Wilco would not falsify a report. Very lazily is asking him, Hey, how's it going? Uh, how long did it take you to get rescued from Camino? He said 32 rotations, basically 32 days. Crosshair was on that destroyed platform after the whole Bad Batch left. Rampart marvels at this show of loyalty. He's like, wow, and you're still down for the cause? This guy's a real jerk, huh?
2: Rampart is very dismissive of the clones, as we know. He doesn't think much of them, and he doesn't care about them at all.
1: It goes beyond that, because it's like, okay, I might not like the clones, but this dude seems different. And instead, he sees it like, a, oh, I would have thought you quit by now. Like, he's basically he does not want Crosshair around, even though he's incredibly gifted and efficient and all that stuff. So he marvels at this. Oh, wow, he, whatever. And Crosshair gives the response, I am a soldier of the empire. The day ones, man. Asks what his orders are. He tells him, basically, go to Desic's. governor's been taken hostage. Insurgents are demanding desics be recognized and as an independent system, basically shut that shit down. We don't negotiate. Go get the governor. Quell this insurrection. But more importantly, they tell him to go under the guise of a diplomatic mission. Which, in almost every single armed conflict in the history of everything, that's a big no-no, right? If you wave the white flag and then come out shooting... Who did that in Game of Thrones?
2: Damon in House of the Dragon. Oh, House of the Dragon,
1: that's right. Yeah. When he went and killed the Crab King or whatever they call that guy. This is pretty shitball tactics right here. Crosshair asks who's gonna be in his Italian or whatever. And Rampart, ever the asshole, said, You ain't commanding shit, man. Like, I can't trust you after what happened on Camino. So you're gonna be under someone else's command. You're gonna meet him at the battle memorial. We see this thing. It reminds me of the 9-11 memorial Mm -hmm. maze. It's this huge monument. All these names written on Arab Huge statues of the fallen soldiers, which I thought was kind of curious. I did not think the empire would give a shit enough to remember fallen clones.
2: Yeah, it's just the clones that fought on Geonosis. Is that what they are? So it's got to just be a drop in the bucket compared to everyone. But it's still... A massive memorial.
1: He meets his new commander, and it's Commander Cody! Yay! We remember Cody from the Clone Wars, but more importantly, remember Cody from Revenge of the Sith, because Cody was Obi-Wan's right-hand man. He was basically what Rex was to Anakin and Ahsoka, and Cody is the first person we see in Revenge of the Sith receive Order 66 and, without hesitating, execute Order 66. He is not successful, obviously, in killing Obi-Wan, but he tries his damnedest now we see an older Cody and we get the vibe of a little bit of conflicted right over what they did
2: yes especially in contrast to Crosshair
1: he's talking about more and more soldiers are going AWOL now clones are going AWOL and it's just not outwardly questioning but kind of just having that sentiment like huh makes you think and Crosshair unequivocally says well they're all traitors these clones are going AWOL just like the Jedi and Cody looks at him It's one of those times where it's like, you realize real quick, okay, I need to not say too much around this dude because he's drinking the Kool-Aid. So he says a familiar phrase that we've heard time and time again in Star Wars, among the clones, good soldiers follow orders. There was a question among the clones about how these battle droids are still operational because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, After Vader kills all the Separatist leaders, remember he goes to Mustafar and they're all meeting him there. They then send out like a mass shutdown order, which made all the battle droids basically stop. It is the polar opposite of the message that Obi-Wan sends out to all Jedi. Skedaddle, don't come back to the temple, go hide, etc. Cut to Groton being held captive. Governor Ames says she knows it's an ambush and they're waiting for them she knows it ain't about no peace, that's just talk. And she says, Dooku knew all of this would happen. She praises Dooku. thus highlighting something. You know, it's a funny thing about Star Wars that I never thought about when I was younger, but now it's eminently obvious. For the vast majority of citizens throughout the galaxy, they have no idea of the Sith. They don't know Palpatine's a Sith Lord. They did not know that Dooku's a Sith Lord. They don't know that Darth Vader is really Anakin Skywalker. They don't know any of these things. For these people on this planet, Dooku is somewhat of a hero, a martyr, if you will. That he was this dude saying the Republic is corrupt. The Republic is is not interested in peace and da-da-da. And obviously, Dooku was part of his a bit. He knew who he was working for and with. But for these people, those words still ring true. It reminded me of Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Gordon saying, you can't tell people that Harvey Dent kidnapped my kid Because he represents this ideal, and the people need to believe in that ideal. Or was it not Commissioner Gordon? It was Batman who said that to Commissioner Gordon. Same thing here. No one has revealed that Dooku is a piece of shit. They all believe Dooku is a guy who was murdered by the Jedi on behalf of the Republic, and reiterating that the Jedi are bad.
2: A lot of Dooku in these first couple episodes. I'm loving it.
1: I'm really loving it. I think the purpose of all these shows, as we said at the end of Obi-Wan, is to buttress and built support for the movies, not to do your own thing. And so all these things are fleshing out characters and motivations and how they were perceived and all that stuff. Anyways, droids know it's coming. There is a tactical droid. We know about the tactical droids from season one of Bad Batch. We know about them from... The Clone Wars show, tactical droids are super computer soldiers. They, they're military strategists. They have a lot of information. And as I believe it was Hunter or it, was it Echo who said in season one, the thing that makes tactical droids so dangerous is every time they engage in battle, they learn. They remember what the clones did. And the next time you fight them or you fight an army that's led by them, it's tougher, exponentially harder every single time. I believe there's an episode of Rebels where they have to find a decommissioned tactical droid and and take it out. They shoot down the transport. They send the Roger Roger B-1 battle droids over, the Clankers, as the clones like to call them. And lo and behold, oh, they're not all the casualties. Here they come. They shoot everybody. They're doing a little reconnaissance. What do we need to do? What do we need to take out? They've got a tank, one of those big tanks that you might have seen in Phantom Menace. Yada, yada, yada. Crosshair basically takes out the tank by shooting it down its cannon.
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: That's badass, man. (laughs) I mean, that was just badass. He really lives up to his name. All right, look, man. This dude right here.
2: That's not even the most impressive thing
1: he does. I know. And I go back to, like, Rampart. I get it. You don't like clones. You can't like this one? None of them could be keepers? Anyways, the clones continue their assault on the Citadel. They go in. We see some Droidica droids those are the ones that have a little force field around them and little guns akimbo Blast! 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 they take them out start to go up this spiral staircase it's very reminiscent of like robin hood movies yeah the spiral staircase in a castle where you can't really see around the blind corner and what do we see here some bx commando droids now these are not clankers these dudes move very fluidly they dodge they duck they dive they dodge dodge a wrench can dodge a blaster bolt it's a very very dangerous droids but crosshair manages to take more than a few out by throwing these mirrored pucks stick to the wall and then shooting the blaster bolt to the mirror that then bounces off and you know destroys whatever which led me to think about this maze why was captain phasma the only person in star wars history to say i'm just gonna make my whole shit into a mirror
2: yeah is this official proof that laser blast will just bounce off you.
1: Either that or this thing is made out of some special metal. Yeah. Maybe it's Beskar and it's polished. But
2: also, these things are the size of a quarter. Yeah. And he's bullseyeing them every single time. It's some wild stuff from Crosshair.
1: So as they go up, he tells Cody to throw a reflector puck as far as he can, basically. because They don't need him to see the tactical droid. They know they need to take him out. In order for this shit to work, Cody just heaves that shit like Patrick Mahomes and Crosshair in the exact split second as this thing is flipping through the air, sees the tactical droid and takes him out.
2: It ricocheted off of two other droids, two of those little pucks, and then hit the tactical droid all in one motion. Are
3: you calling bullshit, Bays?
2: No, no, not me. (laughs) I would have liked some slow motion, I think. That would be my note.
3: Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally, and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party. Because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer. Because Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling.
1: So we get to this throne room. Basically, Governor Ames has Governor Rotten held hostage, gun to his head, talking about we'll release him and everyone else when the Empire recognizes us as an independent system. And everyone's telling her like, "Look, lady, that ain't gonna happen." And she said, "Well, then we ain't gonna have peace." And then Cody tells her, "Hey, man, I'm here to establish peace and order. We're not the bad guys here." She says peace. There was a time when I believed in that. And she tells a story about a peace treaty that her and her colleague Mina Bonteri submitted to the Republic, had the support of separatists and Republic senators, and the chancellor shot it down.
2: You don't say.
1: Mays, this was actually from an episode of Clone Wars Season 3. And it was Padme who was the Republic senator who co-negotiated this peace treaty with Mina Bonteri. Another nice nod. You know, they try not to. I mean, every once in a while you get new characters, new storylines, but they tend to do a good job of tying it all in to existing canon. Again, that's the purpose of canon with these shows, people. The idea is that we build on stories. We don't just change it because we wouldn't it be cool.
2: It helps to have Dave Filoni heavily involved. Yeah. Because he made those episodes of Clone Wars and he's- got the galaxy brain of canon knowledge
1: cody talks her down she releases groton groton instantly lives up to his imperial shittiness by ordering cody to execute her and this is the part where i had to explain this to my kids my kids are like wait a second i thought the clones are supposed to do whatever because the inhibitor chip the inhibitor chip was programmed with specific orders order 66 it was an order 67 i believe there's some other orders there but order 66 was killed the jedi they are traitors but that does not apply to regular people for one it doesn't apply to other clones as we saw with wilco and the bad batch and it doesn't apply to breaking protocol operating dishonorably yeah like
2: contradicting your own words that you just said
1: well it's not even just contradicting your words it's like this is not how you do battle right And so as he's like, wait, what are you talking about? Groton is just a piece of shit as we establish eating sloppy steaks and slicking his hair back. But while Cody and Groton are going back and forth, Crosshair is like, I'll do this shit. Shoots, Governor Ames, Governor Ames' body crumples to the ground and Groton in true rotten ass status says, put her body in the square. Let her be a warning to the rest of them. Jesus. The next thing we see is what happens pretty much on all these worlds. Imperial pillaging of resources immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. We see a Star Destroyer hovering over the Citadel. It's like when the tanks roll in to Paris, right? When when the Nazis invade France. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, we're here. It's ours now. And Maze, did you notice who was being rounded up as they're rounding up certain citizens and being detained? Saw a couple familiar looking aliens. Aliens. Specifically, yes. There was a Rodian. There was a Aqualish. And they're familiar aliens from throughout Star Wars. This highlights something, one of the imperial directives, which is, we don't really f*** with aliens. The empire is kind of racist. This is kind of the second-class citizen stuff that's happening. There are a lot of direct parallels between World War II and Star Wars, where you talk about the eugenics of the Nazi party and the idea that, oh, we just want people that look like us, like blonde hair, blue-eyed, Aryan, or whatever, and anyone else is kind of like lesser than. Empire's doing a little bit of the same shit here. Rounding up the old aliens. We're back at the memorial. Cody's standing there, and you can tell this shook him up. This experience was not what he signed up for, not what he bargained for. And Crosshair's there, and he says to Crosshair, are we making the empire better? Or are we making the galaxy better? Excuse me. This is the quintessential quandary the existential crisis of the clones now. On the one hand, there's what Crosshair says, which is we're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. But again, there was always kind of an honor to this. And regardless of what Order 66 said about killing the Jedi, you got to think about like the orders that these guys were accustomed to getting from Obi-Wan, from Plo Koon, from Kit Fisto, from, you know, Anakin, Ahsoka. Like these were all like good people trying to do the right thing. And now you got people like, Groton and Rampart and just unabashed pieces of shit. It makes Cody think like, is is this the right thing to do? Then he says to Crosshair, probably the line of the episode, you know what makes us different from battle droids? We make our own decisions, our own choices, and we have to live with them too. Indicating some of that remorse that we sensed earlier. And he walks away and we're back to A day in the life of Crosshair, waking up in his lonely, lonely cell, going to eat by himself. Again, he gets called to the principal's office, goes to talk to Rampart. Rampart tells him that Cody has gone AWOL, which I guess we could have seen coming based on his interactions there.
2: Probably going to run into the Bad Batch at some point, I would imagine.
1: Bad Batch or Rex or somebody. Now we've got more than a handful of clones that we know are turncoats or whatever rampart drops this banger that clone loyalty ain't what it was all cracked up to be and it's funny how these clones around you keep disappearing crosshair huh you lonely son of a bitch (laughs) so strange though it supports my argument shouldn't also support that this dude is a ride or die right here man all his homies are gone
2: i mean he's racist as hell against clones yep so that's not going to happen that's not going to be overcome but i want to ask i mean what do you make of crosshairs morality is there anything there has he completely shut that off is he so committed to just being a soldier as he tells cody at one point is that just the only thing that's going to happen for him or is he going to have a redemption arc
1: i feel like redemption is going to happen because the name of the episode is the solitary clone and to understand is to recognize that the clones are never by themselves they're never by themselves from the moment they came out of the cloning vats in Camino, when they grow up, you know, as younglings learning together, and then their age advanced to teenagers. And then eventually they become full grown and then they're out there. Right. They're never alone, dude. I mean, I have twins, which is, I guess, the closest thing you get to clones. And they went to a new school this year and in this school, they're separated they're in two different sections so i think they have like one or two classes together an entire day and what's been happening is when they when they're home they talk all the time they're supposed to be getting ready for dinner they're not they're, they're supposed to be getting ready for that they're talking I don't know. and finally i'm like yo what's going on man why are you like why is i just told you guys i don't want to hear any words i want to see people do their thing and they revealed to me is because they don't Get to talk to each other during the day because they don't see each other. It's such a, I don't call it traumatic, but it's like this is a a jarring thing for them to be separated. I imagine it would be the same for these clones who are in these battalions and work together. And, and even for Crosshair, you know, he was part of a group. And now he's not part of that group, but the regs don't respect him or accept him either. You know, other than guys that knew him like Cody. The regular ones, they don't know who the hell. They just, oh, that's that weirdo clone. So he really is super alone and and feeling that abandonment and detachment. And the places where you, one would think he would get that acceptance from Maze, from commanders that give him orders that he follows to amazing, incredibly descriptive detail, right? And instead he gets shit on. I think we are supposed to feel sorry for him they would not make us feel sorry for someone who does not have a redemption arc at some point.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. From the little that I saw in the first season, he was already the outsider amongst the rest of the bad batch. Yes. So that would be a a double redemption. Not only would he be walking away from the empire, but he'd also maybe come back to the group with a more unified appreciation for them.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. Or would he come back and still be salty? <laughs> no, I think he'd still be salty, but it's kind of like, you're our salty guy. Yeah. It's not in his nature to be a happy-go-lucky guy, you know? But at least he'd be somewhere where he's loved to pre I mean, remember at the end of season one, the last episode where we talked about he got left for 32 rotations, we discovered. Because <laughs> we just saw the Bad Batch take off. And we're like, okay, he's going to get rescued right after that. And he didn't. On that platform, they told him, dude, like, they destroyed the Polka city with you down here. They knew you were here. They didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Come with us. Come join us, man. Like come back. Let's get the band back together. And he basically said, "Yeah, no, I don't. Good soldiers follow orders." So, I think he definitely feels an affinity towards his his brothers. He misses them. He hates being alone. But this dude, man, he's as ride or die. As they get you one that's like crosshair, ladies, you know, gentlemen. Any final thoughts, Irmaiz?
2: Eating lunch alone will make you pretty miserable. I get it. I feel for you, Crosshair.
1: It's not lonely to eat lunch by yourself. It's lonely when you sit at a table. You weren't even trying to talk to them. And that's going to do it for us here. We're going to go be lonely now. Make sure you are liking and subscribing Mystery Crate and listening. If you're one of those people, bitch all the time about not getting a regular Mystery Crate. Don't worry. There's another episode out there somewhere on the feed. Don't know when it posts. Don't care either. I care about Rula 2. <laughs> Bastards. We're <laughs> Darth Corp I'm Darth Ameen reminding you. I'm a soldier of the Empire.
3: A lot has changed over the years personally and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975 and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house and I brought some friends over and we enjoyed the best light beer because Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com crate.